Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you knowing that when we look at Scripture, we get a chance to look into who you are. God, sometimes when we look at Scripture, we also get a glimpse to see who we are. So Lord, as we spend this time looking at the story of Abraham, we pray that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. Well, I remember when I was, oh, probably fourth grade through sixth grade, I had a uh, friend who had a treehouse. That was a pretty, pretty awesome treehouse. At least if I look back in my memories, I thought it was a pretty awesome treehouse. And I, maybe I was more jealous because when I uh, took a look at uh, this treehouse, I was jealous because our backyard didn't have a big enough tree in order to have a treehouse. So we would go over to Shane's house, and, and we would play in his treehouse. And I would remember that we would hop on our bikes, and we would drive over to his house, and we would knock on the front door, and we'd go in, and we'd, we'd play in the house for a little bit, and then it was time to go outside in the backyard. And, and, and now as I'm an adult, I, I, I think about how funny this is that uh, Shane would climb up the treehouse before any of us because it was his, his treehouse. He would shut the door, and then we would have to give a specific passcode in order to get up into the treehouse. Not like he knew that we were there anyway, but it, it was a part of a club that we had, a, a very specific club that, that had these rules that we had to follow, but it was also a, a bond. It was a bond that us fourth, fifth, and sixth graders had that we said that we are in this together, that, that we were always standing behind each other and standing with each other, even though sometimes you know, we would have fist fights outside of the school or we would call each other names or whatever, but there was this bond that we had that you know, we still, even through Facebook, we'll, we'll mention and we'll talk about and laugh about the, the foolishness and the fun that we had growing up. But I, I bring that up today because today we're continuing our, our discussion about who Abraham was. And if you remember when I started this series, I talked about how sometimes when we look at Scripture, we, we see this book and we wonder... How in the world is this book relevant to me? You know, we know that it's important. We, we say that it's important, but sometimes we look at the, the characters in Scripture and we go, wow, that was just so far back then. How in the world can it apply to who I am right here and right now in 2018? 
when I do a study of scriptures for myself, I find myself shaking my head a lot more because I realize, man, there's a lot of stuff that's in scripture that reminds me of, of who I am, my, my mistakes, my, my shortcomings. But it also, there's a lot of it that reminds me of God's love and grace that continues to sustain me throughout my life. You know, we started talking about Abraham, who at age 75 was leaving his homeland and he moved to this new land. He, he left where he was and, and came and followed God's promises. And the promises that God had for Abraham that he was going to be blessed so that, we, so that he could be a blessing. And when I look at my own life, I see that God has blessed me tremendously with, with where I am and who God has placed in my life. And I know that I am then in turn supposed to return that blessing towards others. And then last week, we talked about how Abraham was both flawed and how he was uh, faithful and, and how Abraham would, would do things that, that would just maybe just blow our minds, like try to pass off his wife as his sister and, and uh, laugh behind, or his wife would laugh at what God's promises were for them. And they would try to circumvent ways so they got what they wanted instead of being faithful to what God has called them to do. We tend to do that in our lives too, don't we? We, we kind of laugh at what God's promises are for us. And sometimes when we don't get our way, we'll, we'll find ways to, to sneak our way in. And then we realize that probably we shouldn't have done that because maybe life is a little bit more of a mess now because we wanted to do it our way instead of the way God called us to do it. But then the key that comes back is that God's grace covers us when we decide to go our own way and, and calls us back into relationship. And time and time again, when Abraham would, would go his own way or, or, or try to do things his own way and realize what kind of a mess he got himself into, God's grace covered Abraham. And not only covered Abraham, but it covered the, the path of disaster that Abraham made in his life with those that he uh, deceived with those that uh, gave birth to a son that was rejected. God's grace and promise came alive for them just as God's grace comes alive for us. So today we are advancing the story about 26 years. And I invite you to follow along as we hear about the covenant God makes with Abraham from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. You can follow along with the words that we have up on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk with me and be trustworthy. I will make a covenant between us and I will give you many, many descendants. Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, But me, my covenant is with you. 
you will be the ancestor of many nations. And because I have made you the ancestor of many nations, your name will no longer be Abram, but Abraham. I will make you very fertile, and I will produce nations from you, and kings will come from you. I will set up my covenant with you, and your descendants and you with, and after you and every generation as an enduring covenant. I will be your God and your descendants, God, after you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Every type of illustration kind of falls down a little bit, so excuse me. But when I look at this story of God's covenant with Abraham, you know, that's what makes me think about the, the little covenant, if you will, that we had with our little clubhouse or, or, or treehouse gang. It was something that we held just very valuable. It was very valuable to us. It was something that was significant to us. And when we take a look at the word covenant, we see that it is something that was extremely valuable to the, the Israelites. And also that covenant is something that should be still valuable to us. It, it is the backbone, if you will, of the, of the story of the Old Testament, and it is the backbone to what we profess as those who love and serve Jesus Christ. So I'm going to give you kind of a brief overview about the different covenants that were in Scripture to help you to see how important those are to the people of God. The very first covenant that was made, it was made in the Garden of Eden. And that covenant was in, in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, and it was for Adam and Eve after they, they, fail, they fell in the garden. And God promises Adam and Eve the blessings and curses that, that will follow them, and, and it all follows along humankind's actions in the garden. And then shortly after that, in Genesis chapter 3, we have the covenant that, that God makes with Adam. And this is also just, just piggybacking on, on the fall of Adam and Eve and the fall in the garden. But something important for us as followers of Christ, this is the covenant that we point back to to say that while the old Adam failed in the garden, that there'll be a new Adam that we call Jesus Christ that will repair the, the fracture that's in our lives. The third covenant that comes along is the covenant that, that God made with Noah in Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 18. And I think this is probably the covenant most of us are familiar with. As Noah uh, built the ark and took uh, two animals of each kind, uh, and the earth flooded, and after 40 days, the rain stopped, and then finally Noah rested on a mountain, and God sent a rainbow. And that rainbow established a covenant saying that no longer that God would destroy uh, humankind or the world again with a flood. And then we have Abraham's covenant, which basically covers uh, a lot uh, between uh, Genesis chapter 12 through 
Genesis 17, and our reading today was a little bit of that in Genesis chapter 17, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Followed the Abraham covenant, there was the covenant that God made with Moses in Exodus chapter 20 through Exodus 31. This is the law. This is the Ten Commandments. These are the, the laws that the Jewish people lived and started to follow as they made their way from Egypt all the way to the promised land. That's followed by the land covenant in Deuteronomy chapter 30, where God promises the Israelites the land that they could cover and hold on their own. And the next covenant is the David covenant, the covenant that God makes with King David in 2 Samuel 7 and 1 Chronicles 17. This is the promise that God gives David that there will always be a king, that there will always be a kingdom. And again, we as followers of Christ see that Jesus Christ is a part of that lineage and his kingship continues that covenant of David. And then finally, in the New Testament, we have the new covenant. And this is the covenant that every first Sunday of the month when we gather around this table, we, we celebrate together in the breaking of the bread and the pouring of the cup and the words that are shared during that moment when Jesus says, Behold, I give you a new covenant poured out by my blood, that our sins are forgiven and that we are made right with our Creator. I, I share all of that with you just a little bit and to show that you know, it is so important All of those covenants give us a view of of who God is, but it also gives us a view of who we are and how we should live as faithful followers of our Savior. So let's go back to Abraham's covenant. What exactly is the gist of his covenant? Well, the first thing that I see in this covenant is that God gives us a promise that he will walk with us. God's promise is that no matter what we go through, no matter what trials, no matter what tribulations we have in our life, God will always be there for us. I don't know about you, but I know for me, it's easy to walk with God when things are going right. It's easy to walk with God when when everything is lining up great and where uh, there's no problems or no strife or no difficulties. But when those time come where we do have difficulties, where those time comes where we are walking through valleys, that we can't see the end of the journey, that, that we start having issues, But God tells Abraham and God tells us that when we have those times, I will be with you. Through the valley of detours, where we feel like we may be going down the right path and then all of a sudden we get detoured suddenly and we see ourselves in a place that we've never expected ourselves to be. Through valleys of suffering where we have to be with loved ones who are going through difficult situations, through storms in our lives, valleys of discouragement and valleys of confusions, 
we have this promise from God all throughout scriptures that when we go through those valleys, God is there. And we know that God is there because he, he piggybacks the talking about being there on our journeys or, or, or being with us or walking with us because God is trustworthy. We, can, we know that God is trustworthy, that God will take care of us as we move through our lives because of the promises that we have in Scripture. Psalm 33, 4 says, that For the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all he does. And Proverbs 3, 5 reminds us to trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. See, that's what Abraham was doing throughout the story, wasn't he? He, he was trying to lean on his own understanding, on his own way of doing things, and whenever he strayed from what God was calling him to do, that's when Abraham got in trouble. That's when Abraham realized that uh, his mistakes were causing more pain and more uh, disjointment in his life with God and others around him. The one thing that I do know is that when we are trustworthy back to God, that it helps lift us up. It helps us to see that when we trust in God and when we follow God's ways, then we are also lifted up. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says that blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. And it has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. See, when we take that opportunity to be trustworthy in God or to allow ourselves to be trustworthy by others, then we are, are continued to be built up and made one in Christ. And once we walk with God, and once we, we hold on to the trustworthiness of God, just like Abraham, we are given a new name. Abram, the name for Abram was that he was a high father. But when God changed Abram's name to Abraham, it meant that he is now the, the ancestor, the, the father of to, to many. Not just a high father, but a father to all. Yeah. Changing names is something that happened quite a lot in Scripture. There are a lot of people who, once they had an encounter with God or once they lived their life in God, their names were changed. Just go a couple of generations past Abraham to Jacob, whose name meant caught by the heel. And once he accepted God's promises in his life, his name was changed to Israel, meaning God may prevail, or he struggles with God and God preserves. We go later into uh, the Old Testament or, or back to the Abraham story with Sarah. I, I, I love her name. Her name originally meant that uh, she was argumentative. And we saw that as she laughed when God gave her the promise that she would give birth to a son. 
but her name was changed the same time as Abraham's name was changed, and her name became Princess. We look into the New Testament. We see that people's names were changed from, from Peter, who originally was Simon, and whose name was changed to the Rock. And then Saul, whose name meant prayed for, but when his name was changed to Paul, it meant that he was now small and humble. My, my favorite name change in the New Testament comes from a guy by the name of Joseph. And Joseph was one of the new disciples that we hear about in the book of Acts who actually traveled with Paul. But when he became a follower of Christ, his name was changed from Joseph to Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. See, God gives us new gifts through our new names. And hopefully one of the things that I keep reminding you about your, you name, your new name in Christ is to remember that you are no longer who you were, but you are now one in who Christ dwells and delights, and that you live in God's unshakable kingdom. So what do we do with all of this? What do we do with the promise that God will walk with us? What do we do with the promise of God's trustworthiness and our trustworthiness towards others? And what do we do with this new name? So we live. We live in this new reality that what God gives us strengthens us. That what God gives us helps us to be, as we heard from Abraham earlier, to be a blessing because God has blessed us. Our new name allows us the opportunity to, to look at our neighbors and see how God calls us to serve them, to, to welcome them, to encourage them to be the people that God has created them to be. Our new name, our, our trustworthiness in God and, and the journey that we take allows us to see that life is better with each other. And life is better in a community because we have gifts and graces that support and love each other. So my hope and my prayer is that as we move through this season of thanks and as we move through this journey together, that we see God's love in all that we do so that we may be strengthened to serve him and serve others. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that you have again promised us over and over again that no matter what we may go through, no matter what trials or what difficulties we have, that you are there. We thank you that we no longer have to be identified by our past. But as we embrace this new life in you, as we share in this covenant that you have poured out on us, that we live a new and fresh life, a life that uh, blesses others because you have blessed us, a life that allows us to share the good news of Jesus Christ with others. So God, continue to strengthen us and lead us and use us so that we may make your kingdom come here on earth 
And so we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.